Welcome to the Why Weight Elevate podcast, where we share key information to help you lose weight the right way and then transition to a lifestyle that helps you keep it off. Hi, everybody. Quincy is here with our podcast with Ron and Cheryl, and today is going to be a fun discussion. We're excited about it. We are going to have answer the question, we hope, is the ketogenic diet a fad diet? And we're going to have a healthy dialogue about that. Um, Cheryl, I wonder if you can go first. Okay. I stand on the position that I do think, by all terms and definition, the ketogenic diet is a fad diet. Um, there, it, it is a diet that has long historical roots, and it's been around for a long time. But if we look at the movement over the last five, seven years, there's a huge increase in people wanting to try or do the ketogenic diet. So what is a fad diet, I guess, in your mind? Like, what are the definitions of a fad diet or a diet, quote unquote? Well, that was a tough one because the word diet just means the food you partake. So, but then there's also this negative connotation that comes with dieting and diet culture and everything that comes around with that wording. So are you arguing that the ketogenic, I mean, not arguing, but that the ketogenic diet could be viewed as the... Yes. Like a dieting type of a thing? Yes. I do think it, it is... By the of the vast majority of people, it is viewed as a part of the diet culture. And then you have the, the risks of like any other diet. You try it, you stop, you, you gain more weight after the uh-huh. fact. Okay. What are the other characteristics of a, a quote unquote fad diet? Like everybody's doing it. Nobody knows how to do it correctly. Yeah. You're looking for quick results. You just want to, you know, I've got this coming up and I want to lose 20, 30 pounds and this is what I'm going to do to do it. Yeah. Um, the problem is what happens after? How do you maintain that? We're, we're a society, we're really good at losing weight. There are 50 million diets and a multi-billion dollar company designed for people who want to lose weight. But no one's speaking about how to maintain it. Or, you know, to long-term lifestyle, long-term. right? How, how do you make this long-term? And for a lot of people, ketogenic is not sustainable. In fact, I think that's the only argument that when you sift through the research and people are like, oh... What, what's the problem with the ketogenic diet? The only thing that you can substantially, substantially look at is that it is difficult to maintain. I can argue the food pyramid is hard to... Because <laughs> I can argue that you were not perfect every day you ate the food pyramid, that you were not doing it right every day. I know, I'm day. pretty good with those carbs. I know. <laughs> I mean, but I'm were, pretty solid. You were <laughs> not getting the 5 to 11 drains. And you weren't getting your 3 to 5 of your vegetables and your fruit every day. You weren't limiting your protein and or your fat, you weren't limiting enough. Okay. That's true. But it's a whole lot easier to follow the food guide pyramid I know, you have than a, a multi, ketogenic diet. Yeah, yes. A multi-billion okay. dollar industry right. doing everything it can to keep you addicted. Absolutely. Dr. Ribby's pointing at the fast food restaurant on the our window. He's that doing that. Every time we do this. Can we say Chick-fil-A? Oh, can we say Chick-fil-A? There, there Chick-fil-A. is multiple fast food restaurants on the road just outside of our building and that's part of the reason I wanted to move to this office is there's so many of them here. So we're picking on one, oh. but it's fast food in general. It's oh, just interesting. So, okay. So the argument is that the way people are approaching the ketogenic diet now is really part of that dieting mentality. I got to lose my weight. I got to do this. This is why I'm doing it. It's not really a, I want to be healthier and live a healthier lifestyle. Right. Okay. And yes. if you're taking the approach that this is your lifestyle, this is what works for you. You love it. it, it this is all you then absolutely do the ketogenic diet. Like, it just makes sense. Dr. Rigby, ketogenic diet works for you. Yes. Is it sustainable for you? A hundred percent. Am I perfect every day? No. What? But was I perfect (laughs) every day of the standard American diet? 
No. And, and, I, and that's where I think it really comes down to there is no perfect diet. Exactly. It just does not exist. Exactly. Okay. Because what's perfect for me is not perfect for you or you. Exactly. And, and vice versa. Okay. But my argument against it is... Against the, what? Against the, the idea of being a fad diet. Okay. Now, I will argue that the word keto diet is fad. Okay. The eating a low-carb slash ketogenic way of lifestyle or diet is not a fad. Mm, that's semantics. I'll give you that one. Okay. <laughs> Point because for it, <laughs> if you look at it, the, the traditional pyramid, early signs to be talking history, the American Heart Association in the 50s brings up this whole idea of doing that. It wasn't until the 70s and early 80s when the government stepped in and said, this is the traditional food pyramid, putting more emphasis on the grains and vegetables. But prior to that, we ate more of a low carb, if not more of a ketogenic, but we didn't know what ketogenic was back then. Well, let me phrase that. Prior to 1921, we didn't know what ketogenic was because we but didn't know I what ketones you're, were. But I you're vast American just sitting around. I didn't know what a ketogenic diet was before 1921 or after 1921. <laughs> well, there's not very many I would say not until now. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't would say know not until like 10 20, years ago 21. would anybody even know what ketogenic was, which True, because we didn't use that term. Diet. But that's why I'm saying the term is keto or as the fad, but not the lifestyle or the eating that way is not the fad. So do you think the ketogenic diet is sustainable for everyone? Keyword there, everybody. Because everybody, no, because the standard American diet does work in about 10 to 15% of the general population. And if you're one of them and you have no metabolic health issues, and if you are, and again, we don't want to say because you're skinny, you're healthy, but if your health, blood pressure is good, your insulin level is good, your cholesterol is good, there's no family history of diabetes, cancer, dementia, great. And it works for you and you're happy with it, great. Stay on the standard American diet or whatever version they come up with now. But those of us who are metabolically sick. But you could be metabolically healthy. Yes. Like what you just said, like all of those parameters, but overweight or obese yes so you're metabolically healthy and overweight right yes so do those people have to be on a ketogenic or low-carb lifestyle they'd probably be better off if they Mm, were and that's where i would disagree i think if it works for them again like that's what works and that's what they love and it's their lifestyle absolutely but you've got a lot of people and i see it day in and day out in my clinic it doesn't work for them for whatever reason for it could be that they just hate meat or they just don't like the, the low-carb lifestyle. Yeah. So there's got to be another option in this realm of 150 million different diets mm-hmm. that works for them too. Exactly. Part of it, and again, the reason I really push for people to go ketogenic is, one, the biggest thing, get them away from the standard American diet. So if they can start cutting back on their processed carbs, they might not have to be keto, So when you're they're saying- feeling better. Okay, Great, so, go for it. Sorry, Quincy, I cut, I cut both of you off. Take that. <laughs> <laughs> we know who's in charge here. <laughs> so uh, I think this would be a really good time to define ketogenic versus low carb. 
Yes. And ketogenic takes your carbohydrate load down to about 20 grams or less a day. It'll put you into a ketotic state where your body is producing ketones. Yes. Low carb, you're not going to get that ketogenesis. But you, you could. some people can. They might. Some. And we might lower their insulin. They might not. If they were testing, they're probably not seeing ketones no. in their urine. They might not have it in their breath or their sweat or in their blood. But their insulin level is low enough that they are not gaining weight. Okay. They are not They're having the complication. They might be losing weight. They're not having the complications from that elevated ins insulin. I would say they're in a good, healthy place. Great. Keep doing it. And that would take your carb load between about 50 to 100. On average. But again, I know some people who are more physically active who their carbs are less than 150 and they're getting those. So again, everybody's different. Right. That's where I think the argument is how low do you have to go to get the benefit? And well, us, and how low can you go and sustain it? Exactly. But That's again, a valid point. Yeah. But it's two different th Again, a couple of things. Sustain it plus where do we need to get you metabolically healthier? So we might have to be more aggressive to get you going the right direction. And then you might be able to give up more flexibility to maintain it. So that's where a lot of people would argue that Atkins was had it right, but had it wrong. Going back to Dr. Atkins, he went very aggressive at first to get people into ketosis, to get the weight loss. And then he gradually added the carbs back to theoretically find a range that you could maintain. The problem with that is in some of us, not all, everybody's different. That's the thing I think we need to take away from. We're all different is you've got to find if you know you're on a slippery slope, if you know you have a little bit of carbs and you fall back, fall hard, you can't stop it. Then keeping your carbs really low might be the best for you. Some people might be able to go, okay, I kept my carbs less than 50 I, I lost the weight or I'm feeling better, but that's a little strict for me. So I'm going to ramp it up to maybe 75 and I can maintain 75. Great. If you're more physically active, you might be able to do a hundred. Again, these are all arbitrary numbers, but some people, if they start a little bit, they slide and they slide hard and fast. Those need to be very aggressive. So that's where like Cheryl brought up, there is no perfect diet for everybody. Mm -hmm. Part of it is doing experiments on yourself to find what works for you. Cheryl might, I'm just picking numbers. Cheryl <laughs> might do well with 100 grams of carbs, and she does great and can maintain it, and that works life. But if she was trying to fix a lot of metabolic problems, if she had lowered to 100, she might not have seen the benefit. So she might have to go less than that to see some benefits and then kind of gradually go back up to 100, and she's fine there. Me, if I'm eating 100 grams of carbohydrates, I might go in, I feel crappy, I'm bloated, I need to go 50. I still feel that way at 50, so I need to go more aggressive. It's just how my body works. Going back to the whole topic of this whole thing, it's more of the terminology, and unfortunately, it has become more of a fad in her defense. Oh, I go to the grocery store. Oh, there's keto this and keto that and keto this. And it's all crap, crap, crap. Followed by crap. Yeah. So... I always tell patients, at least when I'm, if you're looking at something like that, look at it. Just because it says keto doesn't mean it really is. But if you're going to try it and you do well with it, great, keep doing it. But if you try it and you feel worse, like if you're eating standard whatever, get away from it. So it can be a trigger to look at, 
but just because it's there, don't look at the look at the whole label. Don't just oh, it's keto. Let's buy this. Oh, that's keto. Let's buy this. Right. And the more processed food it is, keto or not, low carb or not, it's how your body responds to that process. That 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 substance. And that is why there's no perfect diet because yes. everybody's body reacts differently. Exactly. Yeah. So again, we argue all around. But part of it, I think our goal with all this is to f- help you find what works best for you. Right. Because three re- yeah. people in this room cannot eat the exact same way. No. Yeah. Um, something that I, I've seen come down the pipeline more and more are these continuous glucose meters. CGMs, yes. Yeah. Um, and now you can buy it without like a prescription. You can just get it on Amazon. They're expensive. <laughs> it, they, they are. But so I, I think the pros and cons to it. The benefit of it is you can get like a a 24 hour reading on where your blood sugar is. And then you can really see, okay, yeah. I ate whatever this food product was, it spiked my insulin. That's not, that's not a good fit for me. I look at whatever, this is a good fit. And so then you can really start to individualize and figure out what makes you unique. Exactly. And I, if I could get all my patients on it, I would love to. And people go, but my insurance won't pay for it. Yes, there are other options out there. Again, there's a lot of different debate if it's really good, but it gives you more information. When I eat that particular type of food, that banana, and it spiked my blood sugar, well, again, I tell people, if anything, it bumps up your blood sugar you're allergic to. (laughs) Avoid it. But you might eat another fruit, and your blood sugar stays the same. But you're going, I still don't feel good. The drawback of the CGM, which I'm a big fan, I want people to have them if we can, is it just looks at your blood sugar. Right. It doesn't look at the amount of insulin. So if that blood sugar, if you're still struggling with, with the CGM or the continuous glucose monitor and it's not enough, then you might have to do a little bit more. And that's where getting the CGM, but maybe having a blood ketone monitor to go along with it. So if your blood sugars are good, your ketone levels are high, your insulin's got to be low. Right. It gives us an idea of where your insulin is. Okay. But if your blood sugars are low or good and your ketones are low, that food or whatever you're doing is bumping up your insulin because it's lowering both of those. Okay. So again, CGMs are great. If you want it, go find one. If you're a numbers person, I think it's a great option. Also, I think it's a great yeah. option. Again, like I said, I'd love to have all my patients. Can we figure out how to do that? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Where's yeah. the technology? Let's get let's get, make it a feasible because oh. I think that would be something – I can make an argument that everybody should have. Yeah, I, I could agree with that to, to really, because the benefit of doing that is, like I said, you get to individualize it and then yeah. you can really see how your body responds. Now, if you don't want to go and spend all the money and you are being very mindful and doing some of that intuitive eating, then you, you could say, like you said earlier, um, I eat X, Y, and Z and I get bloated and gassy and feel miserable. Well, that CGM is not going to tell you anything different than you didn't already know. But Yeah, one, it's true. It's true. But one thing it might be is going, I can't afford it. We're not saying you have to get one and have to do it all the time. It might be worthwhile putting basically the money down, buying it for a month. Because some of them now have the ability to have an app on your phone that you put it up against it and it gives you an idea of what your... And again, it doesn't really tell us what your blood sugar is. It gives us an idea of what your the sugar in the fluid around the cells is. So it's a technicality, but it gives us a, some ideas. But it might be worth that investment of 60 or 100, 120 bucks for one month to try those certain foods and see how I do. Yeah. To try to figure out, try to fix some of your favorite foods. What does it do? My blood sugar go up. 
Well, let's avoid that thing. I'm eating some other foods, that even though Dr. Rigby or Cheryl tells me I shouldn't eat, but I tried it. I didn't do it with my, for my blood sugar, and I feel fine with it. Great. You can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or at least until you, you're struggling, then we have to go do the, the blood ketone meter. But again, that's just enough. Not that we say you have to get these things. It's just more tools and more information you can understand about what's going on in your body. Okay. Good conversation. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for joining us on the Why Way Elevate podcast. We want to hear what you think about this episode and encourage you to continue the discussion in our Facebook group. The name of the group is Community of People Elevating Their Mind and Body to Lose Weight. Or you can search for our Facebook page, Why Way Elevate, and our group is linked on that page. Also, if you found this episode to be helpful, can you share it with your friends that you think would appreciate listening to it? And if you found our podcast to be helpful, we would love it if you could leave us a review. It really helps others hear about this podcast, and we really want to help as many people as we can. Thank you.